Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Reds Unrestricted podcast. Today's date is Thursday the 4th of November 2021. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. My name's Dan Club. I'm going to be your host for this episode. Um, I'm joined as ever by my trusty co-host Dave Comerford and as well we've got Steve Plunkett, um, friend of mine and football podcaster. So First of all, Steve, how are we doing? Um, much appreciated coming on. We've been waiting a while to get this together, but here you are. Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm well. Um, well, in day off today. So, um, yeah, good, good, good to, to be on, on with you guys. So, looking forward to it. Good man, good man. Um, we're going to kick off this week, as usual, with our Who Am I? So, I'm going to give both the lads some clues as to uh, past or present Liverpool footballer um, and just shout out when you think you know who it is. So this footballer was signed um, on the 18th of July in the year 2000. He made his Liverpool debut a month later in August of the year 2000. He made his last Liverpool appearance in March 2002. He was born in Hull. His other clubs, now it gets interesting, his other clubs include Tottenham, Middlesbrough, Everton, Leeds, Nottingham Forest and Hull. He played 58 games for Liverpool, scoring eight times. Now we've got nothing yet, but now I think we might be about to give it away. Is it Nick Barnby? Well, don't even need to give it away. It is Nick Barnby, yeah. I was about to say, we signed him from Everton. See, I should have got that because of the Everton thing. Um, but yeah. I, just, I think I just kind of ruled myself out as soon as I had 2002. But if I'd actually well, paid more attention, I might have, might have got it. Well, I was back in state to be honest with you. He's a bit of an official, I know, in that sort of uh, oh, there we go. sort of area with excellent football players. But um, I must admit, I thought I might get an Abelard Xavier shout or Xavier, if you like. Um, but yeah, anyway, well done. Good effort. Um, so moving on to the events of last night. Um, obviously, Liverpool qualified from the group um, in the easiest possible manner, really. Four wins from four, um, considering it was supposed to be you know, well, it was a really difficult group on paper, but we made it look relatively straightforward. Um, so I'll come to you first, Steve, on that. Um, first, your three-word match review and just what you made of last night's game, but also Liverpool in the Champions League so far. Three-word review from last night would be professional job done. Yeah. Um, in terms of the group, I tweeted shortly after the draw that, that we should be getting through that group. and A lot was made of the fact that it was Atletico Madrid and it was Porto and it was AC Milan. None of those sides are the sides they have been in Europe before in terms mm. of their prowess and their ability. Um, Atletico Madrid are a pale shadow of the side that got to two European Cup finals. The loss of the likes of Diego Godin and players like that was huge for them. So I, I was really confident that Liverpool would get through the group. I have to admit, I didn't think they'd get through the group in four games with two to spare. Mm. Um, but you take that all day long, don't you? So. Um, yeah, I always thought we'd come strong again this season. So when the group came out, I wasn't overly concerned by the, the names that were in there. I thought if we did our job, did our job well, we would breeze through the group and and we have. So happy days. Yeah, definitely happy days. Yeah. Um, I must admit, maybe there was a little bit of nostalgia in Liverpool fans thinking how strong that group was. You know, obviously you mentioned Atletico Madrid just a few years ago. I mean, the La Liga champions, but, you know, that La Liga is not what it was either. 
But when you look at AC Milan in particular, they haven't had European pedigree now for quite a number of years. But, you know, when you're half back, they were a top side. So maybe there was a little bit of, you know, overestimation of what the group could have been. Um, Dave, I'll come to you. Same questions. Three-word match review, you know, Liverpool are through. So what have you made of our sort of jaunt in Europe and last night? Yeah, so for the three-word review, I've gone with exercising the demons. Um, you know, obviously we beat Atletico twice now in, the, in this kind of double header, and like I said, the last time we played them, when they pulled it back to two-two in in that first game, mm. you sort of had that feeling that you know these are just a, a bogey team for us, um, and that we almost just can't beat them. But we've managed to you know do that back to back, and it's really satisfying to see the difference with Simeone from. You know, the nineteen twenty season, you know, where he's running down the touchline, you know, can't contain yeah. himself. And then last night, you know, he looked like he was about to cry at the end, <laughs> to be honest. Um he, yeah, he looked like his uh, bottom lip was wobbling a little bit. But um yeah, I think another satisfying difference was, you know, we score in the thirteenth and twenty first minutes yesterday, so two quick fire goals. You know, you mm. compare that to the last time Atletico came to Anfield and yes, they were, you know, more defensive in that game. But it took us till just before half time to get the breakthrough. And then for that second goal, you know, that was really elusive. We didn't get that till, you know, a few minutes into extra time. So mm. that was really good as well to 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 once again get the, the quick fire early goals against them. Um I thought the first five minutes or so were a little bit concerned. I think, you know, they kind of started on top, but after that, you know, we pretty much bossed it while it was eleven v eleven. And then it was just total control from us, um, eleven against ten. Atletico really you know, considering they're far from safe in this group, they did mm. seem to almost give up a little bit, um, probably to do with the quality of the opposition they know they're up against. But yeah, the only disappointment really from it is that we didn't, you know, beat them about five or six now with the chances we had. But in terms of the group, uh, you know, as as Steve said, you know, I kind of echo his thoughts in terms of, I think, I thought we get through not at this stage, you know, to not only be through after four games, but be through as group winners is, um, mm. you know, far better than I think the vast majority of both fans could have expected better than, a lot better than Klopp expected based on what he said in his interview. It hasn't, you know, been an easy group, I wouldn't say. Um, it has been difficult. You know, we've won two games, 3-2, um, within within those four wins that we've had. But, yeah, a really, um, really impressive achievement to be, you know, to be in this position with two games still to spare. Yeah, it gives us um, a position of strength that we've not really had for some years in the Champions League. Like we can all sort of remember those sort of last night nervy endings against Napoli and what have you. So to be through with two games to spare is really nice. Um, my three-word match review kind of ties in with a lot of what you said, Dave. To be fair, it was sad Diego Simeone because I'm not really a bitter person, but that was quite sweet to see him a little bit upset at the end, especially given what's gone on with him and Klopp in recent weeks about the handshakes argument, what have you. So, yeah, I echo what both of you said, really. I expect us to get through the group, certainly didn't expect it to be as easy as it has proven. Um, last night, a bit disappointed we didn't hurt them a little bit more, but that's purely vanity, to be fair. I think Atletico Madrid just wanted to keep the scoreline down second half, and they did that. Um Glad we kept the clean sheet, which looked in doubt for a second when Suarez scored of all people. But yeah, you know, job done. Um, and we'll come on to what could happen in the last two games in a moment. But first, I want to get some standout performers from last night. Um, and one man in particular we're going to talk about. But first, I'll come to you, Steve. Um, who were you most impressed with from that win last night? 
um, the, the win and, and they going into the game uh, into the half, tuning it up. Um, it was all about Sadio Mane for me. Well, Sadio Mane was exceptional last night. Um, the fact that social media thought last season he was washed, he was finished, he was mm. not the player he was. Um, he's under the radar. He's the third leading scorer in the Premier League. Um, they couldn't handle him last night. He was, he was strong, he was physical, he was quick, he was sharp. Played on the turn. Uh, for one of the goals, he turned away from three or four players, uh, mm. put under a lot of pressure. Shame that he had to come off at half time because he was he had the, the bit between the teeth, didn't he? But at the end of the day, that was a protection job because yeah. they were trying to hurt him, which is really poor. And they were also trying to goad him into getting sent off because he picked up a needless yellow card um, for body bodying somebody and had a go at him. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, I thought I thought Sadio was in, was immense last night and, and other standout performers. Um, Simicast didn't do anything wrong coming in for Robertson. Um, happy to see him get a game. Um, and then, and then, obviously, Liverpool are a very different proposition with 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 Fabinho in the side, aren't they? He's, mm. he's kind of the the glue that fits it all together, and his, his physical presence and his domineering uh, performance in the middle of the park. Um, if you could make one player bulletproof, never never injured, you'd probably be looking at him right now because yeah. we are such a different proposition without him. So um, yeah, in, in summary, mate, I thought Sadio was electric in the first half, but over the ninety minutes, uh, Fabinho makes a hell of a difference for us. Yeah, it's a good shout that, and it's interesting the Sadio Mane shout because if he'd stayed on, you know, who knows? We might have capitalised on the advantage a little bit more and maybe got more goals second half. But I thought it at half time, you know, everyone's wise after the event. But you sat there and thinking we've got to take him off because they were trying to get him sent off, and it just wasn't worth it. Um, Dave, do you agree with Steve's shout there? Anyone else to throw into the mix? And it's a really interesting shout. On the injury front with Fabinho, in terms of who you could make bulletproof when you know you look at Van Dijk and Salah, but Fabinho is that important, isn't he? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be essential to our uh, our trophy prospects, really. You know, keeping him fit for a prolonged period. Um, yeah, I mean Mane, the, the play leading up to, to his goal was was exceptional. Um, so you know, credit to him, he's having a, a good season, goal scoring wise, which which is really good to see and a bit of a relief after last season. Um, in terms of who I thought, I thought you know, obviously Trent with the the couple of assists, um, and I thought it was a really good response to the Brighton game for him, which I think was probably one of his least sort of influential games that you know mm. I've seen uh, in, in quite a long time. Really, uh, it was a really good uh, you know comeback from that in a way. The breakdown that um, that BT Sport did with their pundits was really good as well, showing like how he sort of takes he takes a look up, you know, and he just spots. Spot Jota and Jota knows exactly you know where to go because he knows the qualities that Trent has, um, yeah. and just that split second thinking, and uh, you know he literally is just you've got this Atletico Madrid defensive line, this revered defensive line that he just totally breaks it down with with one pass, you know one mm-hmm. first touch pass, um, it, it was an incredible ball really. So fair play to him, um, Van Dyke as well. I thought you know not really seeing much about him, but like. I think there was a moment at the end where he gives the ball away and then Matip makes that sort of, it's a non-foul, they get a free kick for it. So that was probably the only yeah. mistake that he made. Um, but I did think it was one of those nights where, the, you know, there's almost this reaction sometimes where the crowd is like laughing. Um, some of the defending he does because of how outrageously easy he makes it look. Um, I don't think we should take that for granted. But yeah, I guess Simicas is the one that's, you know, generating a lot of the conversation at the moment. Um you know, before the game, I looked at it and thought, 
big opportunity, but also a big test. Um, hardest you know opponents he's faced by far didn't you know really pan out as a huge test for him in the sense that mm. there was you know what sixty five minutes against ten men, but he was still really impressive. You know, created four chances. Jota should have you know I think yeah. both of the ones for, for Jota he, he could have converted certainly the second one. So so yeah, he's um he's knocking on the door, and I wonder what what you think about that, Dan. Like. Um, obviously, we've spoken maybe about Robertson not getting a little bit too much criticism of late, but what are you thinking in terms of Sunday on the left-back decision? Yeah, I am thinking Simicast, to be honest with you. I was on a pod with Steve um, prior to the last night, um, last week sometime, and I actually said Simicast is deserving of a start. Um, based on form more than anything, I've seen a lot of people discussing it in sort of the aftermath and saying, you know, they still have Robertson over him every day of the weekend. I half agree with that in some aspects, but I just think right now, I think Simicast hasn't put a foot wrong when we've been called in, you know, start this season last night. And I just think Robertson's been a little bit off it. It's not a criticism of him generally, because I think he's world class. And I do think he will be our best left back still. But at this present moment in time, for me, Simicast is outperforming him every time he gets the opportunity. So, you know, we could really sort of dig down into Robertson. And I think he's been caught out for a couple of goals we've conceded recently I fought one against Bryce and he was kind of just caught ball watching a little bit maybe and kind of played everyone on side while he was at it so yeah I'm firmly in the the Simicast camp for Sunday to be honest I must admit um, I'll come back to you David if you've got a definitive answer on that um, it would be great Um, yeah I see the points that you're making as I say I don't think Robertson has struggled as much as as has been suggested really um, you know, he does have maybe have the habits of, of playing people on side, um, which is going to be something that he needs to address because you know, given the height of the, the Liverpool line, it, it is a problem. Uh, mm. there's no doubt about that, but yeah, I think it's a tough call for Klopp, and you know, it's made tougher by the fact that we were against 10 men almost because fatigue the fatigue levels aren't going to be that high because you know, a lot of it was walk and pace mm. second half. Um, what I'd say is I'm probably equally happy to see either of them play. Uh, I know that sounds like a cop out, but I'll, what I'll, I'll spin it as is, you know, it's probably testament to Simicast's performance levels. Like as you said, Robertson's world class, but like if I see Simicast on the team sheet, it's not going to be, mm. you know, I'm, I'm not going to be like too concerned about that. And I think, yeah, that reflects really well on uh, kind of breakthrough he's made this season. Yeah, um, just to finish on this little section, I'll, I'll come to you, Steve, for sort of, I know you mentioned Simicast and sort of your breakdown of the performers, but before we move on to Sunday a little bit later, you know, do you think he warrants that sort of starting place still? Um, it's interesting and listening to your points there. And, and this has been spoken about a lot. So obviously, if you do podcasts and things, you think about this a lot. And, and I agree with Dave. I think there's a lot of unfair criticism levelled at Andy, Andy Robertson at the moment. He probably has suffered more with the imbalance of the injuries in terms of his role in the side than anybody. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, we've lost Jeannie Wijnaldum, who, who was his, his sort of gatekeeper, if you like. He could go forward knowing full well that Jeannie would slot in at left back and Fabinho would come across if he needed to. Since since Jeannie's gone, that left side isn't what it was. And I think, I think you know, last season, I think Robertson's suffered big time because of the imbalance in the squad. If you look at this season, he's had, he's had, Jones in front of him, I think we mm. all agree, isn't isn't first thought, isn't to be defensive, whereas Ronaldo's was. And 
Oxley Chamberlain a little bit. So so he's got to play a little bit within himself because those guys, as we discussed, Dan, you know, the game against Brighton, with with Jones and Oxley Chamberlain in your centre midfield, you're never going to control a game of football because no. those guys want the ball in front of them. So Robertson's had to stay at home a little bit, and that's probably why he's a little bit out of sorts because he's a marauding left back like Trent. Mm-hmm. He wants to be doing what Trent's doing down the left hand side. And when we were up being at our absolute best under Klopp, both of those guys are contributing chances from from the left and the right. So I think I think Simakas is arguably maybe shading it slightly on the defensive side of it. Um, mm-hmm. and that might be the reason why he's a go-to. But you've also got to bear in mind Andy Robbo's been flat out for three years and he's only yeah. human and that's hard to do. Um so so a rest will do two things. It will give him a, a re- revitalization in terms of physical and missing out to Simacast will make him realise that it isn't plain sailing, he isn't guaranteed a place in the, in the team every week mm-hmm. just because his name is Andy Robertson and if you're going to win titles and win trophies you, you've got to have competition for places so um, wasn't put out at all by seeing the fact that Simacast played last night and Robertson didn't Andy Robertson's got to come again now he's got to prove his worth to the squad, prove his worth to the manager, that's only good for the team really isn't it? Yeah, exactly. There's absolutely no harm in that whatsoever. Um, and just to sort of finish off your Robertson point there, I think I actually think there's half a hangover from last season when he probably was forced to be more defensive alongside what was makeshift centre-back partnerships half the time. You know, when he's got Van Dijk behind him, he's almost got the freedom to get forward because Van Dijk's so good as well. Um, not just Wijnaldum covering and what have you, but when he was alongside, with due respect, Matt Phillips and Reese williams he probably was switched on defensively a little bit, little bit more, which could still be affecting him now. Um, but yeah, it'll come again. I've got no doubt about it. But right at this present time, for me, it will be Simicast. But yeah, um, we'll move on. I'm just going to finish off the Champions League section, really. And obviously now we're, we're qualified as group winners. So the last two games, whether the finances that Klopp discussed last night, like it or not, they are free hits. So I'll come to you, Dave, first on this one. Um what sort of team would you like to see involved? Um, so it's Porto at home, um, which comes just before Southampton at home on the Saturday. And then obviously we finish off in the San Siro with Milan away, which comes just before Aston Villa at home. So, you know, not the worst fixtures to follow. So, you know, you could be excused for going full strength across the board. But can you see us doing that? Well, personally, I'd be bringing the changes for these games. Um, and that's not necessarily because I'd, you know, think that a week's break is going to hugely benefit, you know, the players. You know, we saw it against Brighton that, you know, that most of the team hadn't been involved against Preston. Performance levels still weren't great. So I don't think that's going to have a huge impact. The main thing is just protecting them. You know, we talked about Fabinho, for example, um, how important he is, Salah as well, obviously. Um, and, you know, you want to give chances to players like Gomez, Canate, Minamino as well ideal opportunities to do that and test them against uh you know good opponents as well rather than just uh you know second string prem sides or, or championship teams in, in cup competitions having said that i don't necessarily see klopp you know going flat out with the changes i think he talked about the financial rewards you get for winning the matches um mm-hmm. the quality of the opponents the fact that there's a bit element of pride there as well so you know you got he talked about, you know, you're playing Porto at Anfield, you can't, you know, roll over for any, I mean, it wouldn't be rolling over, but you can't, you know, it's a Champions League game at home. You've got to, you know, do it justice in a way. And then, uh, you know, the trip to San Siro as well, 
yeah. I think he looks at it in the magnitude of the fixture and he wants a team that's befitting of that in a way. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, if you look to last season, we had the uh, Mitchell and game, didn't we? Um, mm-hmm. When I think we were safe, and uh, I had a look at the, the lineup for that. And to be fair, there were you know quite a few um, peripheral players in there. Let's say, uh, and I think you know you might look at that and say that's an easier game than what we've got mm-hmm. coming up. But equally, the the schedule last season was tougher, so um, yeah. you would have thought you know that that would have been a consideration. So Fabinho, Trent and Salah all started that game and uh, obviously Jossa did as well. And I think that, that's probably the one that we all remember because uh because of what happened and you know the consequence of that. I think we we missed out big time, especially when we went through that uh that dry patch in front of goal. So I think overall what I'm expecting is sort of five, maybe six changes from the, the Prem game that's that's gone by the previous weekend. So you get kind of uh 80 85 strength lineup. Um, whether I, I don't necessarily think that's the absolute best way to play it, but obviously, Klopp has his reasons and they're all valid. Yeah, I seem to recall Jake Kane played in that game out there, but yeah, you're dead right. The Jota one is the one we all remember, and it's the sort of the only thing I can really think of when we come into this discussion, to be honest with you, because I think we missed him for nigh on four months. Um, after that game, it just felt a little bit pointless. I mean, you don't want anyone to get injured regardless of how important they are, but you know, when you lose someone who's been so good for four months playing in an absolute dead rubber in Denmark, you do you know, you do raise eyebrows. So, Steve, I'll come to you. Same question. Do you echo Dave's thoughts in terms of rotation, or would you go either stronger or you know, weaker, if you like? See, I've always been of the opinion, and listening to, to Linda's talk about what we are and what we do, Liverpool's strength comes from intensity in terms of yeah. double training sessions, wanting to play almost every day. That's where we get our intensity from. That's where we get this. I've said it when you've been on the pod that Liverpool want to play every day at the moment because mm-hmm. they're in a rich vein of form. They're pretty much, well, 25 games unbeaten speaks for itself, doesn't it? I think if you start resting players, you, you potentially lose a little bit of that intensity and a little bit of that that willingness to maintain this run. Um, winning becomes a habit. And if you, if you start playing weak players against teams that, that potentially both Porto and Milan have got enough about them to beat a weakened Liverpool side, what better message to send to Europe going through your group with six wins out of six, 18 points, a shed load of goals, unbeaten for 30-odd games, going into sort of last 16 in, in sort of February time? Um, I'm not convinced. I think, I think not being able to train last season because of the Saturday-Wednesday-Sunday scenario really hurt the team in terms of getting that physicality and that mentality up that we've, we've all spoken about. So I wouldn't be surprised if we were a bit stronger than most people think. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced bringing five or six players in like your Origis, your Minaminos, um, players like that is a, is a massive benefit to... You try telling Mo Salah you're not playing. You know, he's not very happy as he wants to play every game. Um, you take Sadio off after 83 minutes, the man's unhappy. These guys want to play football. It's what they do. It's what we've built. So I, I don't know. It's a really difficult one. I can see merit in both. I just want Liverpool to keep playing the way they are and keep going through this unbeaten phase. And, and, and in playing sort of squad players, won't you undo that? Have you lost a little bit of what the, what the focus is of the season? I'm not, I'm not sure. So, so I, I would understand if you made changes, personally speaking, if we've got bodies available and bodies fit, we, we should be playing to win these games. Yeah, I think it is a really difficult one because 
I actually completely and wholeheartedly agree. And it's something I've said for a long time in terms of Liverpool play better when there's loads of games. Like if you look back, I remember looking ahead at some like months worth of fixtures and you think, God, how are we going to get through that? Unscathed, you know, they're really tricky and we do. And I think it's because when we're playing high intensity matches constantly, we're a better side for it. And I actually think we struggle off the back of international breaks. I think some of the worst performances I've seen under Jurgen Klopp have been after a break for whatever reason. Um, so I completely agree with everything you just said. But at the same time, I actually think I've been scarred by the likes of Diego Jota's injury last year. And I think our injuries in general have, have set me back a little bit because mm. I just fear in one of those two games, Porto or Milan, we're going to play someone, and I'm not going to name names, someone key, and they're going to get injured. And I just feel like that would be... It's so difficult because you can't preempt injuries. And I know it's, it sounds mad, but I just feel like that would be almost a waste. So I, it's difficult. And obviously Klopp will make his decisions based on what he thinks is right. But for me, I would be naming almost a League Cup side because I still think that's a strong enough team to minimum sort of put up a fight and get a result against those two. You know, we've had the wool over Porto for many years now. And I think regardless of what sort of side we name, you know, unless it really was full of academy kids, we should beat them at home. So it's difficult. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens anyway. That's for, you know, a good few weeks away now because we have got one of those international breaks coming up. But before that, we travel to West Ham on Sunday, which is looking like it's always relatively difficult down there anyway, I'd say. But this year in particular looks seriously tricky. So I'll come straight back to you, Steve. What are your thoughts ahead of this one? Um, how do you think the game's going to pan out? Um, and yeah, I suppose I'll get your lineup as well while we're at it, please. So, so City and, and, and Chelsea games um, are both at home, so that makes them a little bit easier by proxy of that. This is one of the hardest games we'll play all season. Mm. West Ham's tails are up to in a good, good rich vein of form. They've got quality centre midfield partnership in Rice and Suchek. Um, they, they shouldn't be taken lightly at all. This will be the biggest test of our unbeaten run, um, you know, coming up right now. Tough, tough game. Um, I think West Ham are, are, are fighting with Manchester United for the fourth place, to be honest with you. Uh, that's how good I think they are this season. So we'll need to be strong. Um, I think he'll go with, with if, if available, exactly the same side we started with uh, in midweek against Atletico, because you've, you've got to go strong. Obviously, Bobby looks like he's on a hamstring. Um, Bobby would have been key for us because when he plays, he occupies the space that the defensive centre midfielders want to sit in, and that would have been Rice. Mm. And Jota doesn't give you that. Whereas Jota's a brilliant player, Jota doesn't have the same sort of 360 vision that, that Bobby has or the tactical awareness to set the traps with the central defensive midfielders of West Ham. So... This is a tough, tough game. We, we'll need to be 100% at it. So I would go Allison, fullbacks, Simakas. I would still play Simakas. Um, Trent, the two centre backs pick themselves for me at the moment. Mm. Although we might go with Canate for the extra pace to deal with Antonio, because that would be something that Matic might struggle with. Um, midfield, Fabino, Henderson. And depend how fit Thiago is. That, that would be the best thing to do, because he would be able to control the game, and we will need to do that down there. And then the front three will be Jota, uh, Mane and Salah for me. Um, but make no mistake, boys, this is a really, really tough game. It, all week, West Ham will be will be speaking amongst themselves about this is an acid test. This will tell us how close we can get to being in the top four. 
you, you do something with Liverpool that nobody's been able to do for 25 games, you start to take yourself seriously and everyone in the Premier League starts to take you seriously as well. It's a, it's a, it's a big moment for both teams. It really is. Yeah, it's huge. It really is. Um, this, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think this is going to be... It sounds crazy to say because obviously we played City and Chelsea at home, but right now this looks like just our biggest test of the season so far. West Ham are absolutely flying, you know, crest of a wave type stuff. And going down there, obviously, it looks really tricky. Um, I'll come straight to you, Dave. Um, your pre-match thoughts, really. Um, how you think the game might pan out as well, please, mate. I think I'm with both of you on, on this one. Um, obviously, I don't know if you saw the West Ham game last weekend against Villa, but yeah. they, you know they basically dismantled them at the end. Obviously, with eleven against ten, but they're just basically a lethal counter attacking team. You know, look at that sort of front four that they've got. Um, you know, they've really been on song this season. You know, Antonio I think is an amazing player really, and he's got such a varied skill set. And then you've got Bowen, who we obviously like. Think like Klopp's a fan of him. Four Niles, who's probably an underrated player, I'd say, and then Ben Rama, who's obviously, you know, really found his form this season after um, adjusting last year. So, so yeah, and then obviously that uh, midfield partnership that that Steve mentioned behind it. I do think there's maybe a slight vulnerability there defensively. Um, not that you know the players in the back four, you know, aren't good players. I just think that you know they look like they you can kind of get at them in that respect. So. Yeah, they're definitely maintaining the level they set last year, and it's not out of the question um, that they could be challenging uh, for that fourth spot. And I think, you know, maybe Spurs will come into that conversation as well uh, under Conte. You know, they're not that many points off. Yeah. He's obviously a top manager. So, yeah, in terms of the team, I'd go with, um, I'd have obviously Alisson and Gold, Trent, Matip, Van Dijk. I'd, I'm going to stick with Robertson. Um, on on balance, um, and just back, I'll, I'll back him to to get an assist to get an assist on Sunday. Um, Fabinho, Henderson, and then I I reckon Thiago will be fit by now. Um, you know when you think about it, he's, he's been training. I'm pretty sure since a couple of days before Brighton. Uh, so I would have thought now it will have been more than a week's worth of training that he would be fit to start. Um, and then Salah, Jotamani. So you're looking at a team that is. Really going to be. I know Firmino's injured, but you know the difference between him and Jota in terms of how good Liverpool are when they're on the pitch. I don't think it is that great. So you're looking at a team that's pretty much full strength, and obviously you know seeing more of that midfield will will definitely be welcome. So yeah, um, I think generally really tough test if we can pass it and we can, you know, limit that that front four. And the, and you know their counter attack and threat. Then I think optimism levels um will certainly be boosted going into international break. You know, having beaten Atletico uh, in the manner that we did as well. So yeah, really tough test, but also a chance to uh, underline our title credentials, I suppose, because you know this is as you say a really good side. Yeah, I agree, and I think we've turned up at West Ham more often than not down the years. Um, even when they've been playing well, perhaps not as well as they have been now, but we tend to have a decent record down there. Obviously, we all remember that Shakiri to Salah pass and subsequent goal. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's a difficult one. It really is a difficult one. But as you say, Dave, if we can go there, you know, stamp our authority and win the game, I think teams, they should be anyway, in my opinion, might just start looking at us slightly differently um, in terms of our title ambitions. But in terms of team... Um, I'd pretty much mirror what you boys have said. I have said Oxley Chamberlain just because 
I'm not convinced on Thiago's fitness just yet. And though we had half an hour last night, which might be all it required, but based on half an hour football, I'm not entirely sure he's ready for that game against what will be a very, you know, full of running West Ham midfield. Declan Rice, to his credit, doesn't stop. So difficult one. I think Jota will start. Um, I personally would have had Firmino had he been fit. And um, I just think, like Steve said earlier, he offers that little bit of something extra that most defenders don't like. You know, you look at Kurt Zuma and Angelo Bonn, who's going to be playing centre-half for them. They want people around them. They don't want to be dragged out with Firmino. So it's it's a difficult one. But Jota offers that threat in the 18-yard box, like we see just last night. So, yeah. But, yeah, like, like you both have said, properly difficult test. But what if we can come through? I think we can all be very happy with, or at least as happy as you can be during internationals. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to come back to you both for... Um, Score predictions then. And Dave, when you give me yours, I want you to update us on the league. Um, I'm sure you'd be happy to do so. But yeah, Steve, I'll come to you first. Um, what score are you going for on Sunday, mate? This is a difficult one. Um, because it, I think it will either go there and be guarded and, and, and make them out of it with a draw. Mm. Or we'll go there and we'll be electric in the final third and we'll come away with a 3-1 or something like that. Um, I think they're good enough to score. The track, we'll have to play deep in terms of the back line. We'll have to sit a little bit deeper and play with a quick transition into space because of all the things you just said about Bobby. Um, Jota wants to run into spaces as well. So, so I don't think there's too much sense in sort of pressing them back and, and trying to play in front of them because I don't think Jota's that type of player. We might see a slight difference. We might see a lot more of that 70-yard diagonal ball from Van Dijk into Salah to turn them round. Um, I think that would be crucial because you'd cut out Rice and Suchek in doing that. Yeah. Um, head says, Hart says we go there and get a win. Head says, I think we, we'd have to be happy with the draw um, down there. That is a tough, tough place to go and they are flying. But I'm going to go with the Hart and I'm going to say we're going to come out of that winning by by 3-1 because I, I, think, I think they'll get it right. I think they'll get it right. But... but there's a little part of me that's scared of that prediction, but you know you you got to you got to you got to back your team, haven't you? So, um, yeah, this is this is really difficult. So yeah, three yeah. one for me. I can sense that bit of fear, um, Dave. I hope you heard what Steve said in terms of backing your team after your United prediction. But um, I'll come to you. I, I don't know mind. what you're talking about. That <laughs> deleted that episode, have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously we've we've said it's going to be really difficult. I I do think we'll. We'll come out of it with a win, genuinely. Uh, I I also think they'll score though, so I'm going to say two one, um, a bit of a tight one. It's like I said earlier. I think West Ham. That it's not the defense. You know, if I was a fan of theirs, wouldn't totally fill me with confidence, really. Um, so I also think they can definitely cause those problems. Um, I'd hope that we can, you know, hurt them even more so. So yeah, I'll say two one. And table wise, um, unfortunately last week we all. Uh, went for us mm. to uh, to be be bright, and so the fact that I finished the draw means that there weren't any uh, points on offer. So it's kind of as you were, uh, predictions wise. Yeah, of course. So cool. Um, yeah, just for my one to finish, then um, I actually I did say I did have three one written down, but for the to be different, I'll say I'll say three nil. Um, I'll say we really will put on a show. Um, partly because I'm there as well, so I'd love us to put on a show. Um, and I think Oxley chamber underscore because he often does there, if my memory serves me correctly. So, yeah, 
3-0 and I'm flying off that table. Um, but yeah, and hopefully look the M6 on the way home because I'm not looking forward to that. But yeah, and that is all we've got time for this week. But as ever, um, we're going to give opportunity to our guest, Steve Plunkett, to plug anything he's got. Your Twitter handle will be in the description as ever, but this is your opportunity, so go for it. Yeah, come down and check out Cops Pods, uh, Cops on Twitter. Uh, also got a YouTube channel, the link's on there. You've obviously been on that a couple of times, and we've yeah. spoken about you doing a little bit more on there, which is really cool. Um, it's, it's by the fans, for the fans. Uh, it's a light-hearted, but, but, you know, more mature look. There's no reactionaries on there. It's, it's done with a bit, a bit of a, a bit of maturity, if you like. So, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's enjoyable, and we get some good guys on there, and it's, it's well worth checking out. So, by all means... Come and have a look, get involved in the comments. If you want to come on, drop me a DM. We're always looking for, for guests. And um, yeah, that's it. Really. That's where you find me pretty much now. That's it. That's, that's where I am. Good man. Always on YouTube. Never off it. Um, Dave, any final thoughts from you, mate, before we go? Just thanks to uh, to Steve for coming on. Um, enjoy the game on uh, on Sunday as well, Dan. Um, I'm sure that'll yeah, be uh, good, good stadium to, to experience. And yeah, one thing that we've not really probably been saying enough on the podcast is like if you enjoy it you know subscribe on uh on spotify and apple that you can leave reviews on apple as well um, and yeah. follow myself and dan on twitter and you know if you've got any feedback or any questions like anything like that and um, just you know shoot us a message or a tweet on there uh so yeah i think you know pulling, pulling our weight a little bit more on the plugging front there definitely yeah my handyman followed us the other day when he was around doing some jobs for me so that got us one extra follow. He actually had yeah, me thanks. on downstairs, but while he was working, which was quite sort of off-putting in many <laughs> Surreal. ways. Um, yeah, it was a little bit strange, like, but um, yeah, that was one more for us anyway. But yeah, that is all we got time for. I'll let you know which of my people that work in the house has followed us next week. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week or during international break uh, to look back on the West Ham game and look ahead to Liverpool's fixtures after that break. But yeah, take care for now. <laughs>